Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I am David Wilson and I am joined on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Miami Herald. How's it going, Anthony? Uh, same as last week at home. Yes, every week is the same as last week, um, except for on the Heat Check Podcast where we're trying to change things up every once in a while. Um, we are doing our second uh, rewatch episode this week, a couple weeks back we did. 2013 NBA Finals Game 6, the Ray Allen game. Uh, Today we jumped a little bit further back to the Heat's first NBA championship in 2006. Game 3 of the 2006 Finals, uh, one of the signature Dwayne Wade performances. I guess let's kind of set the stage first. Heat's still looking for his first championship at this point. The previous offseason, of course, they trade for Shaquille O'Neal from the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, in Shaq's first season in Miami, 2004-2005, Shaq finishes as the runner-up for MVP to Steve Nash, a controversial MVP voting that year. The Heat loses in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Pistons. Then in 2005-2006, the torch kind of gets passed. You know, It was kind of clear that Dwayne was going to be the next guy, uh, but this is the year he takes a leap over Shaq in the hierarchy, sort of. It's still kind of a 1A, 1B situation, but Shaq uh, misses a lot of time in the regular season due to injury. Um, Wade, obviously, this is one of the most famous finals performances in history. Regarded as number one, actually. Uh, John Hollinger did a ranking back in 2011, so maybe something's passed since. But back in 2011, Hollinger ranked this as the greatest finals performance in NBA history by ES- at ESPN. Um, but the, se- the, the series did not start off well. Dwayne Wade in game one scores, you know, has a good performance, 28 points, 11 of 25 shooting. But the Mavs beat the Heat 90-80. to Shaq in this game scores 17. In Game 2, the Heat kind of get blown out. Mavs 99, Heat 85. Uh, Shaq only 5 points in this game. He's a minus 27. Wade goes for 23. So, you know, the signs are there that he is due for a breakout. And then Game 3 is where it all turns. Uh, Wade explodes for 42 points. The Heat pulls out a 98-96 win. Wins game three, wins four straight to win their first NBA championship in six games. Uh, Wade averages 34.7 per game in the series. Uh, scores at least 36 in each of the last four, including a 43-point perform- performance in game five. 34.7 points, 7.8 rebounds, 3.8 assists, 2.7 steals for the series. And this is the signature performance. They jump out early, uh, lead for pretty much the whole first half and about the first half of the third quarter, and then starts to unravel. Mavericks stretch it out in the third quarter, get it to 13 points with about six and a half minutes left, and then Wade in the last uh, half of the fourth quarter takes over, and the Heat rally to win 98-96. Go on to win the series in six, win four straight, Dwayne Wade. One of the best performances in NBA Finals history. And this is arguably the signature Dwayne Wade performance. I guess let's start there, Anthony. Is this, to you, the signature Dwayne Wade performance? Yeah, I mean, how could it not be, right? I mean, just like you said, it's one of the best, if not the best, Finals performance in NBA history. Um, Kind of his coming out party, you know, led the Heat to their first championship uh, I think, you know, obviously by then, Heat fans knew who Dwayne Wade was. He was already a very good player even before this. But I think this this pushed Dwayne onto the national stage of being a superstar. Um, so, yeah, I think this for sure was kind of a, a, a defining season for him. Um, because, yeah, he went on to win two more titles and he played in four more uh, final series. But this was his, like, he won the finals MVP He's pretty much, not single-handedly, but he almost, he led the Heat team as close single-handedly as you can on a, in a team sport to the to the championship. So um, I, I think this for sure goes down as like his top career highlight. Um, one thing I do want to mention is I think people forget about the year before. Um, it was a little bit of a different Heat roster. It was, I think, Shaq's first season yes. with the Heat. He finishes his runner-up for the MVP that year, Shaq. Yeah, Shaq had a really good year. Dwayne was very good that year as well. Um, they go to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Pistons. And, you know, in my eye, I mean, who knows what would have happened, but in my eyes, I think that he go to the Finals uh, that year if Dwayne Wade doesn't suffer a rib injury. I think Dwayne hurt his rib 
Cage, something I think bruised ribs or, or some an injury uh, to that effect, where he was very limited in Game Seven of that Eastern Conference Final series, um, and he ended up losing to the Pistons in seven games, and the Spurs ended up beating Detroit in that final series. But I, I you know, Dwayne was really, really good in that in that playoffs as well. So um, I think just that two year run with Shaq. Uh, was really important for him, and it kind of pushed him onto the national stage. Yeah, Dwayne finishes sixth in uh, MVP voting this year. Shaq misses some time in the regular season. I think plays less than 60 games. Um, so it was kind of the, this was the year when the torch got passed, um, and particularly this finals run. Um, and I guess this this is kind of the game, right? It's either between this or uh, Game Five when Wade scores 43. Uh, and another one-point win, but but you kind of rank this one over that one just because of it was that kind of must-win situation. Yeah, just the circumstances uh, down 2-0, you know, the Heat down 13 with you know in the fourth quarter, and Dwayne pretty much leads the Heat back with some help. You know, we're going to talk about Gary Payne hits a big shot. I think Jason Williams hit a three. There were some big shots by other guys, but Dwayne, you know, was the catalyst for sure. Whether it was defense or rebounding or scoring or sit like passing, like he was the catalyst to it all. I mean, it's just the, the just the stories that came out of this game. Like, even you know, in February when Dwayne has jersey retired, I think Pat and his speech, one of one of a uh, part of his speech, he 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 looked back to this game and said, "I just remember, I guess it was a timeout when they were down 13 or 12 in, in the fourth quarter." Um, and you know, Pat Riley goes to the team on the chalkboard and said, "This is our season. This is it." And Dwayne basically looked at Pat Riley and said, I'm not going out like this. And then from there on, it was history. So just these little stories that come out, like it's, it's, you know, you, it's, it's this game. Like it's about this game that people kind of pointed to Dwayne and were like, okay, this, we knew he was good, but this is something different where he can just will a team to a win in the finals. Wade's final stat line from this game. He plays 43 minutes, 14 of 26 from the field. One of two from three, and the one three is a, is a huge one right at the start of the fourth quarter. 13 of 18 from the free throw line. Obviously, that is uh, kind of, I think, what a lot of people remember from this series is the parade of free throws. We'll certainly talk about that. 13 rebounds, including one of the biggest, probably maybe the single biggest rebound of his career, one of the biggest, you know, obviously not in Heat history, but up there uh, mm-hmm. on the last, on a sure. Dirk missed free throw in the last 10 seconds. Two assists, two steals, one turnover, 42 points. And he scores 12 of those. I think 14 in the fourth quarter, 12 in the last. 15 in the fourth quarter. 15 in the fourth quarter, 12 in the last six minutes pretty much. And they needed every single one of them. Um, The defense probably is kind of like an overlooked part of this game in that last stretch. And Wade's obviously, you know, at this point, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Um, but that fourth quarter, he checks in with about 6.45 left. I think 6.47 left in the game. The Mavs score on that first possession He after he checks in to get the lead up to 13. And then he takes over. He scores 11 of the next 16 to pull within one. His role players kind of take over. Um, but it was really kind of a consummate Dwayne Wade performance when you look at what he did on the defensive end, the hustle plays, rebounding. I mean, that, those 13 rebounds is pretty ridiculous. He leads the team in rebounding in this game on a team with Shaquille O'Neal and Udonis Haslam both playing 35 minutes. Like, he is – it's just everything. You know, this is why he is one of the best shooting guards of all time. Like, I, I think a lot of people um, sort of nationally when they think of Dwayne Wade or just, you know, just kind of think of him from the big three era. And it's a, it's a different player than he is at this point. And, you know, I statistically he had better seasons than this one. Um, you know, like I said, he finishes sixth in MVP voting. But is the season right before the big three forms? I think he leads the league in scoring or is right up there. Um, but this year is kind of, you know, this is the Dwayne Wade that I think when people say he's a Hall of Famer, they're not thinking of this Dwayne Wade. But this is the Dwayne Wade they're actually thinking of because this is the guy who does does everything. Um, you know, obviously averages, like I said, 35 points a game in this finals, does all the little things. He's ridiculously athletic at this point. Um, the hustle plays, the passing, the defense. You know, he's he's the the full package that you want from a shooting guard at this point. Yeah, he's like, you know. And he's such a perfect shooting guard for this era, too. Yeah, that's the thing. And also, like, I know he's more efficient than who I'm about to mention, but to me, 
he he was kind of like Russell Westbrook before Russell Westbrook. Like, just the way he just relied so much on his athleticism, getting into the paint. He really didn't shoot threes at, a, at an efficient clip, but just made an impact with his hustle, with his athleticism, his hustle, the little things. Like, when I, I remember when I watched Russell Westbrook for the first few times, I was like, this reminds me of Dwayne. Um, and, yeah, it's a different era, like you said. Like, Dwayne fit perfectly for what basketball was in 2006. Like, isolation, um, you know, the three-point ball wasn't as emphasized. Um a lot of mid-range. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that. A lot of mid-range. Exactly. So um, he fit perfectly, and and you could just see. It. I mean, it was, it was just watching the Dallas try to guard Dwayne. Like it was, it was tough to watch. And one thing I think this series, like just a big picture of the series, they doubled. They never stopped doubling Shaq in this yes. entire series. Never. And at some point, you were like, okay, they're gonna stop doubling Shaq because they need to stop Dwayne. They never did. And Dwayne just made them pay the entire series. Say what you want about Shaq. This wasn't his best series. You know, he he wasn't great. But he got he drew double teams and it opened it up for Dwayne. And you have to think that made an impact. All right. Well, let's uh, let's pivot there and start from – we'll go chronologically through this game because that's a good place to start with, with Shaq. Because even though this is the Dwayne Wade game for the first, I don't know, five, six minutes you're watching, it feels like yeah. it's going to be a Shaquille O'Neal game. Um, he and yeah. Shaq and Wade combine for the first nine points for the Heat. Um, I think Shaq scores an assist on 12 of the first 15. He has three assists in the first, I don't know what it is, like six minutes of the game. Like Shaq is, like you said, they, they double-team him. He makes a great behind-the-head pass to Wade for a, uh, for a layup at one point. It's just a, this is Shaq. Not at his best because, you know, those, those Laker teams were better. But this is, you know, this is why the year before he finished as the runner-up for the MVP, he was still impossible to guard one-on-one. And it, it really set up everything for the Heat for the entire game was the fact, that, like you said, that he was drawing those double teams. Yes, and one thing I did catch, um, unrelated to the game, and, you know, direct, not a direct connection to the game, but on the broadcast they said that he did not talk to the media after game yeah. two and I guess was fined like $10,000. I don't remember that, but I guess he was not good the first two games, and obviously he had lost the first two, and he came out, like you said, he came out strong. Like He played really well in the beginning of the game. Um, you could see the impact he was making, so um, an angry Shaq helped, helped the Heat uh, to start this one, it seemed, but I, didn't, I did not remember that he just blew off the media, which is a big deal in the finals. Like Those, those press conferences after games are important, and I guess he blew it off, So, um, but the angry Shaq helped the Heat this time. Yeah, it's I was watching uh, Blue Chips last night, the uh, college basketball movie with Shaq. I think like Shaq's like 24 in that movie. He plays like one of the, the players who's getting recruited. And it's so funny watching, you know, that skinny Shaq, like, you know, really gets out and, you know, transition, handles the ball, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then this Shaq is just, it's such a different Shaq, but there's still those shades of like the playmaking that, which is yeah. kind of always instinctive for him. And then, obviously, he's just a load. Like, he is gigantic at this point. They cannot guard him one-on-one, especially, um, you know, you know they've got Dirk out there, so it's you know, not a traditional uh, big man, although, you know, obviously. We'll, we'll also talk about that, just how different this era is in terms of the lineups that are out there. But, yeah, they just cannot guard Shaq one-on-one, and it set everything up. Um, Wade... Kind of gets going after, you know, Shaq is really dominant, like I said, in those first minutes. He sets up uh, Wade a couple times. Wade, at one point, he goes to the free throw line. Are they chanting MVP for him, like, early in this game? Probably. Um, I, I didn't catch that, but I, that wouldn't surprise me. I yeah. mean, probably. He was that. I mean, he was so good. So, so this they, is, I mean, the thing about this, the Heat fans, the Heat fans chant MVP for Joel Anthony. That's in true. The era, so. That's true. <laughs> um, so they're... This whole season was sort of the passing of the torch for these two, right? Like, in the first Shaq year is the year before, and, and Shaq is the guy. Like, I think everyone at that point knows Wade's the future, but, but Shaq is still clearly the guy in uh, in 05, right? Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I was his first year with the Heat, so yeah. he was kind of like the new addition. I mean, the biggest star, maybe, you know, the Heat have ever had. Yeah, yeah at that point, certainly. The was still Shaq's team. Yeah, and then it gets passed sort of this year. Like I said, Shaq misses some time. Wade has an, like an MVP-level type season. Um, and then this this opening of this 
first quarter of Game 3 is sort of the synthesis of these two uh, performing together, right? And it's kind of the way, you know, when we were watching that 2013 game, it was like weird the way that Shaq and LeBron could not ever quite coexist. Um, in this game, at least in the first quarter, they, they coexist really well, especially with, you know, the way Wade, because he's not a three-point shooter, you could you could get away with that in this era. He's you know running the baseline. He's hitting mid range jumpers. He's you know cutting back door like he those two. You know I don't know what they would look like if they you know, you just transpose that age Shaq and that age Wade, age Wade into the NBA right now. But back then um, this, that was the model you needed, right? You needed a guard and you needed a big man, and you needed yeah. the guard to be able to run off the big man. You needed the big man to be able to draw double teams and find the guard. Yeah, I think you could. Definitely make the argument that was, um, you know, obviously the LeBron Dwayne duo was probably a more talented duo or just pure talent, mm-hmm. but but just a better fit. I, I think Shaq Wade was a good, you know, it was like you said, it was the model you looked for a, a dominant center and a dominant perimeter player. It was kind of like the the Kobe Shaq. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's similar. Shaq like Wade like, is, yeah. you know, Wade is, you know, it's kind of this era that is still the guys who are like the wannabe Jordans, right? The the Kobe's obviously modeled everything he did off of Jordan. Right. Um, you know, Wade is similar in that regard. You know, I don't know if he's ever been as explicit as, you know, in saying that he tried to do everything Jordan did, but he was similar, you know, mid-range jumpers, really athletic, um, you know, a, a ball dominant shooting guard. Um, and you know, it, it pretty much the fit is, you know, it, it feels like what, you know, I, I'd be curious to go back and watch some of those young Kobe check games and see how similar it feels um, because, you know, particularly this first quarter kind of feels like that's what that must have looked like. Yeah. How, David, how do you, how do you think Shaq would have fared in today's NBA? This Shaq? Like, uh, 2000, what, what Shaq are we talking? Young Shaq would be the best player in the league still. You think so? Pretty much. Without shooting, I mean, I guess Giannis is the best. Yeah, like he'd be honest, pretty much. Yeah, I, I guess, how about this Shaq right now? Like the one in the 2006 uh, finals that we just watched. This Shaq would be um, an all-star, probably. Like, would he be able to play late minutes? That's the question, and we're actually talking about that because he makes two huge free throws yeah. in this game. But um, that was always Shaq's thing. Like, I remember he was always like, "I might not be a good free throw shooter, but I make them when I when they count." And it was funny because he always <laughs> made them when they counted. Like, it wasn't just something he said. Like, yeah. he would go over six, and then he'd go four for four in the final minute. Yeah, you know? I, so. I think I forgot how good of a passer Shaq was even at this point. Like, that, the first quarter, he is passing out of the double team extremely well. Like, I don't know, could he be a little Jokic, Jokic-ish like yeah, today? Yeah, and even his footwork was amazing. I mean, it was yeah. really, really good. And he would still be the best. You know, there is no post-player, like post-scorer in the NBA in the same universe as him right now. Like, he, he'd be so different than anyone else that I don't yeah. know how defenses would handle it. Yeah, no, I, I I think he would definitely be an all star. He'd be one of the best players in the league. I just I remember back in like this '06, you know, early 2000s era. It was like we put Shaq on any team, he's gonna make them a title contender just because of his impact, the double teams he draws, like he makes everyone around him better. And I feel like that conversation would be different though this this in this era, you know, as far as. Um, being, like, I just remember him, it was kind of like a LeBron almost, where it was like, you put LeBron or Shaq on any, you put Shaq on any team, they're going to be lifted to a title contender, a really, really good elite team. I don't know if that would still be the case in today's NBA, just because of the three ball, yeah. and how important that is. Um, but I just think it's interesting, like, back then that was the conversation, like, Shaq could make any team a title contender. All right, let's skip ahead a little bit, uh, but a couple of things I wanted to hit on, just Watching the broadcast, uh, some big takeaways. Number one, Stuart Scott being the play-by-play announcer. Great to have him around in this game. Yeah, I think. Well, I think it was the sideline, right? Wasn't yeah, it's he? him and Lisa Great. Salters are on the sidelines. Sideline, yeah, yeah. It was. I, I, I had forgotten he did sideline like stuff. I yeah. guess it was going for the finals. I don't think he did it regularly. Yeah, I, I wonder if he did it all playoff long, like when they had to have two teams, or like I don't remember how the broadcast rights like worked back then. Like, did TNT still have games? But Right. Um, you know, he was obviously like around, at least in the big games. Um, sure. A couple of speaking of Lisa Salters, at one point uh, she mentions that after the Heat loses game two, she says, uh, "Quote: Dwayne Wade got a very encouraging email from a very good friend of his <laughs> after Sunday's game two loss. 
the friend LeBron James. Um, what do you think uh, Dwayne Wade's AOL email was? I, I don't know, but I think I, <laughs> I, I think we messaged each other about this as we were as we were watching it. Like it, just the vis, like the visual of Dwayne Wade, like in his mansion somewhere in Miami. Booting up his dial up. Got, yeah, yeah, you got mail coming. You know, <laughs> just going through the house, like you hear the sound. Like that's just a funny a funny thought, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, yeah, the email, like, that just kind of shows you how dated this case is. I know, is. I know. If that's the case, like, it could have been, like you said, a BBM, or, <laughs> know, a BlackBerry message where, uh, you know, maybe that's what it meant instead of an email. But, uh, yeah, these days you would see a text message. Were you texting um, in 2006? I can't remember if I was. Uh, yeah, I was. I probably I I was. was. Yeah, I was. I, had a, I think I had a sidekick, actually. <laughs> I had, like, I a, I had a big, a... chunky Nokia phone. Remember Nokia? <laughs> yeah, that was my first. I, had a, I used to have a Razer. I think it was Nokia. I thought it was so yeah, cool. I think so. Razer phones. Yeah, those are the those are the days, man. All right. Um, another quote uh, from Mike Breen uh, talking about Udonis Haslam, who's dealing with a shoulder injury in this game. You can see his, his left shoulder is like really taped up. Um, Breen said he talked to Haslam before the game. Quote: He looked like he was still in pain. He's one of the tough guys in the NBA. There's no way a guy that grew up in Miami, went to high school locally, went to Florida, was going to miss an NBA Finals game just because his shoulder hurts. Uh, that, that quote has aged very well. Yeah, I think Mike Breen was correct. <laughs> and, how about, and how about, I mean, you talk about Dwayne Wade kind of having, like, kind of having his, like, defi- career-defining moment in this series. But I think for Udonis, like, the fact that he, he gets a lot of credit for guarding Dirk in this series. Dirk mm-hmm. had a good series, but Udonis played him really well. Um, yeah. Dirk was on a roll entering the finals this year. He was... Well, one of the best players in the NBA at this point. And Udonis pretty much matched up against them all series long. Nobody really knew who Udonis was, but um, and at a big height disadvantage. I know Udonis, I think, is listed as 6'8", but I think, really, if you stand next to him, he's like 6'6". Six, six. He's yeah. not as tall as, as he's listed. And Dirk is like 7 feet. So, big height disadvantage, but Udonis played him really well. And I think that was um, that's something people really remember about his career, um, especially right now, as, as we're going to... Whether he retires at the end of the year or not, if there's games played, we're going to end up looking back at his career at some point. I think this will be one of the highlights. Yeah, I mean, I think the signature highlight of his career is probably the steal in the fourth quarter here, right? We'll get to that, obviously. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And then he makes two free throws. I think it gives the Heat the lead for the first time in more than a full quarter. So, um, young young Udonis has him. Like uh, you said... Um, we were messaging earlier. You think he's in better shape now than he was then? He's like pretty skinny. He's got cornrows. Um, he looks very like 2006. Yeah, I, well, I, I even think Udonis might be skinnier now. Maybe he's just more cut. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Udonis, you see him right now. I mean, he might be in the best shape of anybody on the roster right now. Like he's, you could just his body, his physique. Like it's yeah, it's totally different than it was in 2006. Um, I mean, he, he rebuilt his body. When he came out of college, as you know, everyone pretty much knows down in Miami, he was overweight. He had to lose a ton of weight. Um, and you can kind of see some of that still on him at this point. He was obviously still in much better shape. He had cut a lot of the weight off. But mm-hmm. you could see, like, it was some of that weight was still on him. And as his, the years went on, he got in really, really good shape. Um, and he takes it very seriously. I know he eats a lot better. Um, so, yeah, it was it was funny, like, watching Udonis. Um because you know, starting like he, he what it was his third season, I think, and yeah. he was already starting on a championship team after going undrafted. Yeah. Like, that's pretty. I mean, he's pretty, the original Heat culture guy, right? Like he is the model that has pretty much yeah. been replicated now so much, specifically with this current Heat team, and and even you know with the big three with Norris Cole, like that he's the he's the originator of that like template that the Heat has, pretty much. Definitely. I think originally it was like Alonzo was a heat culture guy, but then you look at it and just Udonis' story, the un, you know, being undrafted, kind yeah. of overcoming the odds. The Heat have turned that into, like you said, one of their like their prototype for finding value in the you know, on, on the player market. So yeah, yeah. I, think I mean Alonzo was the number two overall pick. Like he, he was supposed to be great. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. why I think Udonis has kind of turned it into he's replaced Alonzo because of his story and like the way the Heat have found so much talent in the undrafted pile by the way the heat starting lineup in this game we should probably talk about just the way this roster was constructed because that's um obviously important to this team and i think really kind of sets not just udonis setting the template for the heat culture thing but sort of sets 
sets up a lot of what happens a few years later with the big three. So the Heat starting lineup, they start Jason Williams at point guard, white chocolate, uh, Dwayne Wade at the two, Antoine Walker at the three. Antoine Walker would not be a small forward anymore. Uh, Udonis Haslam at the four and Shaq at the five. Um, Jason Williams and Antoine Walker come over in the offseason and one of the biggest trades in NBA history. Is it still the biggest trade in NBA history? Like most players involved? It's one of them, right? I don't know if it's I don't know if it's still the biggest, but it was when it went down, it was the biggest in NBA history. It was five teams, thirteen players. Um yeah, one of those really complicated trades that it, like you talk about a career defining series for for Dwayne Wade Udonis. Before the season, this trade was like a career-defining moment for Andy Ellisberg. Yeah. He's found, he somehow found a way to make the numbers work here. A um, very complicated trade that ended up, I mean, yes, Dwayne Wade led the Heat to the championship, and Shaq was kind of uh, the second guy in that. But this trade really pushed them over the edge to win the championship. I mean, do you think they win it without J. Will, Posey, um, and Antoine Walker? Um, that's two, three rotation players, two starters. Like, this trade was really important. Yeah, I mean, the Heat, obviously, um, you know, Shaq is kind of the original, like, star who comes to Miami, right? Like, the obviously, they had to, they had to trade for him, but, um, you know, it's it sort of set up the Miami as, like, a destination, right? Shaq is kind of the first guy to, yeah. to say, oh, that sounds like a cool place to play. Obviously, Haslam, like I said, originator of, like, the modern Heat culture, um, and then getting Jay Will, Antoine Walker, James Posey. Um, they sign Gary Payton late in the offseason. He's kind of like, I think people like, he's one of the first ring chasers, um, I guess other than those Lakers teams, the, the like Carl Malone Lakers team that got put together. Um, it's So it's kind of the, you know, the the cat machinations that the Heat are so expert at, the undrafted success stories that the Heat have, you know, kind of built so much of the current roster in particular on, uh, luring the star it's all sort of there with this Heat team, and obviously it all comes together. Like, this team, the Heat, they go eight deep in this game, and, you know, pretty much every one of those guys is a guy. Like, it's not it's not a guy who was just like a one-off, happened to be a part of this championship team, had one good season. Like, it's, it's Dwayne Wade, a Hall of Famer. It's Shaq, a Hall of Famer. It's Antoine Walker, uh, you know, an, an NBA All-Star who was, you know, really high profile, in particular because of his time at Kentucky. Um, Jason Williams, a... You know, I don't know if he was ever an all-star. I think he probably was at least once. But, um, you know, just like a fan favorite, a, a kind of like legendary t- character. Uh, UD, obviously going to have his jersey retired here in Miami. Um, Gary Payton, a Hall of Famer. Alonzo Mourning, a Hall of Famer. And then James Posey, who won two rings. He's like kind of one of the great like yeah. unsung role players of the 2000s. You know, James Posey. Speaking of James Bowie, he was really important in this series. I know he didn't have a big game this one in, in this game. He hits a big three in the fourth quarter, though. He had a big three, and he was just an important one of those important role players, like the three and D guys um, that the Heat love. He was that for this team. Um, one note about this specific game three, the Heat got eight bench points the entire like yeah. <laughs> they did not I mean, I know they played what they went eight deep, so they didn't play a lot of guys off the bench, but eight bench points and what? six rebounds and two assists off the bench like not a great performance from the heat's bench but and uh, it, it was i mean what 20 turnovers um missed 14 free throws i don't know how they I, honestly like i know it was like one of those miraculous games that Dwayne wade led the comeback but you look at the numbers it's like how did they win this game yeah it's pretty ugly that's what we're, we even talked a lot of specifics about this game because it is not the most aesthetically pleasing game um no. not not even just like because this era was lower scoring like this was kind of a, a a dogfight series like the heat at this point were averaging like 80 points a game in the series like and they i think they averaged at one point in the broadcast they say they averaged more than 100 a game at home um and it just like they were struggling to crack 100 all series long um, yeah, it was just it, that's just this era. Right? Yeah, I mean it's just slow pace, like everything a half court set, pick and roll up top with the with the center, like a five one pick and roll. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just t- so different. You watch the sets, like everyone's just standing around, like no movement. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, yeah, it's it just totally different game. Like we watched when we rewatched the two thousand what thirteen thirteen yeah uh, game six finals between the Heat and the Spurs, like. It was a beautiful game to watch, and you could kind of see like the evolution of the game happening in this series. 
But this 2006 finals, oh my god. Yeah, very distinctly of another another era. And and case in point, Jason Capono does not play a single minute in this game. If Jason Capone, if this game happens right now, does Jason Capono play 20 minutes, 25 minutes? Starting probably. Yeah. How many shoot? How many threes is Jason Capono taking? Like I'm thinking like eight threes. Yeah. I mean, Jason Capone is basically, I mean, you know, you could say Duncan's better, but he's kind of like a Duncan Robinson. Yeah, and, and he does not play a single point. minute in this game when they get yeah. eight total bench points. It's funny because you talk to people on the Heat about, like, oh, best shooters in Heat history, and they're like, Duncan Robinson, one of the first names that comes, that they answer with all of them is Jason Capone. Jason Capone was like, awesome. His, as a shooter, he was just incredible. I so remember. Yeah, was kinda, you're right, it's a good point. You remember in NBA Live, they used to have, like, the, you could do, like, the three-point contest? Jason Capone yes. was excellent at that. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was, did he win it? He didn't win it, right? He might have won it once. He was in it once when he was with the Heat. I'm not yeah. sure if he won. He I feel like he maybe won, won, won it once when he was in, like, Charlotte. But okay. yeah. this is enough I mean, This is play. enough Jason Capone talk, I think. Yeah, for a guy who did not play at all in this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, the Mavs starting lineup in this game. Um they're sort of a different, a polar oppositely constructed team from the Heat, where the Heat are really reliant on two stars um, and, you know, basically hope like one of Antoine um, or, or Jay Will kind of steps up to be the third guy, you know, guys that, you know, have really high ceiling as player. The Mavs start Jason Terry, Adrian Griffin, Josh Howard, Dirk, Sagana Jop. They bring off the bench Jerry Stackhouse, Eric Dampier, Devin Harris, Keith Van Horn, Marquise Daniels. They really rely on depth. You know, they've got a really deep team in this game. Obviously, Dirk is a superstar at this point. Um, but they're, you know, they they go nine deep with, like, real guys, which is, which is Keith Van or sorry, Horn. ten deep, ten deep with, yeah. like, real guys, which is just something that he could not do. They, Like we said, they got eight points off the bench. Um, Eric Dampier gives the Mavs 14 off the bench himself. Devin Harris gives them nine off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like, you know, no disrespect to Shaq, but there was a point in this game that Dampier was outplaying Shaq, especially yeah. in that second half. The nine rebounds, five offensive rebounds. Um, Dampier played really well in this in this game, um, and he, I think, I, to me, he outplayed him in, the, in, in this specific game. But then, um, yeah, I think the Mavs they had. I mean, other than Dirk, the two guys they really relied on were Josh Howard and Jason Terry. Like Jason Terry was still pretty good. Yeah, uh, at this point. Josh Howard is Josh incredible Howard, in this game. Yeah, he was like. I don't know what what happened to him. I know he had a few more really good seasons. He was an all star the next year. Yeah, two thousand seven. He was an all star. He he was. I mean, Tim, I loved his game. Like just watching him play, he was a really good two way player. Just very solid. Could score the ball. An um, excellent college player. Yeah, he was very good. Yeah, he he just. I, I'm like yeah. I, I, this game watching, I made me think like, what happened to Josh Howard? Like, where yeah. where did he go after Dallas? He just he went to the Wizards. <laughs> They traded him for Karan Butler, Brendan Haywood, and uh, Deshaun Stevenson, which kind of becomes obviously a huge core of the, the 2011 team that beats the Heat. Was he good with the Wizards? I think he only played one year there. Maybe he got hurt. Um, I don't know. That was kind of the dark ages for the Wizards. It was after the, the Gilbert Arenas uh, gun incident where they kind of blew up that team. Um, they shipped Gilbert off. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they had the worst record in the league one year draft, John Wall, and they just kind of retool so they, they kind of unload all the guys from that core. And, and it was a no-win situation for Josh Howard. Yeah. But at one yeah, point during the broadcast, Mike Breen, they're talking about, because he's in that 2003 draft with um, Wade, LeBron, Bosh, Carmelo. He's like the 29th pick, I think, in that round. Um, the last pick of the round because the Hornets didn't exist yet. Um, and... At one point, Mike Breen's talking about that draft, and Josh Howard's right up there with him. He says he's talking about those stars of that draft. Like it looked like Josh Howard was going to be one of the best players in the league for like ten years, and it just, you know, he was great in this series. He was great the next year, and then it just never. He never was able to like kind of string a, a career together. Yeah, it looks like I'm looking at his, his numbers now. The final what four seasons or three seasons of his career, he played a total of like seventy, pretty much seventy games, like. It seemed like injuries kind of ended his ended his career a little short. Yeah, yeah. He that one year he plays a year and a half in Washington. I guess he was a trade deadline deal. Plays twenty two games. So like, 
it just totally fell apart when he left Dallas. Um, but yeah, he this was game, awesome in this I, game. It was nice. I liked his game. His yeah, game he's was great. Fun. He took over in the. Th- he was the best player on the court in the third quarter. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, the following year he was an All Star. So yeah, it was. Um, I, I just I, not that I forgot about Josh Howard because he was a player I really liked. It, I really enjoyed watching, but I was just reminded of how good he was, and he wasn't like a flashy player, but he was just fun to watch. Like I just was reminded. That was one of the things that kind of stood out to me uh, when I was watching the game, um, rewatching it for the podcast. All right, let's jump now to the end of the fourth quarter, which is the you know the, probably. The, the stretch that ultimately defines this game, even though Wade, you know, has 42, it he takes over in the fourth quarter. You could, you know, he, like we said, he scores 43 in game five, but people talk about this game because of what he did in the fourth quarter. He checks in with 6.47 left, then Jason Terry hits a jumper, so the lead is 13, I believe, at that point. Um, Wade answers. Uh, he hits a, like, tough bank fadeaway from the right wing. Then goes baseline for an and one, five straight points. Uh, Devin Harris hits a three on the other end. Then James Posey, like I said, this is his one. He scores four points in this game. Three of them are on this three-pointer and off an assist from Jay Will. But really, like, Dwayne Wade kind of sets it up because by now the Mavs defense has really started to key in on him. Um, he drives to the corner. Defense follows him there. He throws a great skip pass uh, and ends up getting James Posey an open three. Um so that gets the Heat down to five. Then Wade hits a tough mid-range jumper to cut it to 91-86. He goes baseline to cut it to three. So he scores nine of 12 for the Heat since he re-enters the game. Uh, and it's a ball game all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, he, Dwayne... And it's tough shots. It's all tough shots, too. Yeah. Which is I mean, what it was back then. Yeah, I mean, all of Dwayne's shots are pretty tough. And on, and really, I mean, I know, you know, he's a star of this game, but when you when you rewatch the game, you realize, like, through the first three quarters, I think he still had whatever. He had 20-something points, like 28 points through the first three quarters, but he was not that good. Well, it's all like, free throws early on. Like, that's that's kind of the thing here. He's, what would we say, he shoots 18 free throws in this game. A lot of people remember this series as the series where he shoots just a ridiculous amount of free throws. Obviously, Mavericks fans still upset about uh, – you know, having this series stolen from them because of all the free throws. But in this final stretch, it's kind of the one stretch of, like, dominance he has without getting to the line. Pretty, You know, he, he has an and one, and he makes yeah. a free throw at the very end of the game, um, like on an intentional foul. But other than that, it's all tough, you know, mid-range jumpers, um, you know, baseline drives. Uh, he, he, he takes a step back three that goes in and out at one point. Like, he's just he, – he's – you know, like I said, in this era, it was a lot of mid-range, a lot of tough shots, and um, this was kind of the stretch where he was just knocking down all of them uh, and didn't kind of need the help from the officials. Uh, you know, whether whether you think he was getting some beneficial whistles or not, it, it, it didn't matter in this final stretch. Yeah, he was just making shots. And I, I think he only hit one or two in this game, but the bank shot, like, that became such a weapon for him in yeah. the series. Yeah, like, that's the one like, that starts it off. He, he kind of weaves around a Shaq screen and then – Gets to that like right block and hits a tough fadeaway off the yeah, backboard. Like, that was his shot. Yeah, he. I mean, this and I also another thing I forget. Another thing I forgot was that he hurt his knee. It seemed like he was hurt his knee. In the yeah, they keep talking game. about that he on the broadcast. Him. Yeah, he was limping the entire second half, and he did this, which you know I think we all forget about just because you remember the highlights and the fourth quarter run. But he did this while while really he was visibly like in pain. I think it was his left knee that was bothering him. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the, he had a bunch of other really good games in this series, but just the circumstance of this one, down 13, halfway through the fourth quarter, and he, you know, he scores 15 in the fourth. He leads the run. Um, and really, this was – I mean, they obviously, if they lose this game down 3-0, they don't win this series. And yeah. we're having a totally different conversation. This really changed the momentum um, and, you know, Obviously, I mean, they won, he won four in a row, and this was the start of it. Yeah. So then, as I said, Shaq hits two huge free throws. Um, you know, Dirk hits two free throws on one end, then Shaq answers, goes two for two at the line. Um, he makes him win a cap when he, when he needs to. Uh, then Wade hits another 20-foot mid-range jumper on the baseline to cut it to one. 
Um, and honestly, like that's with 116 left, and he is not actually doing a whole lot on the offensive end the rest of the way. Um, no. On the next possession, Haslam gets a steal at the top of the key, makes two free throws to finally put the Heat ahead. Um, the next possession, Posey gets fouled on a rebound, makes a free throw to stretch the lead to two. Devin Harris answers with a layup. And then with nine seconds left, uh, Gary Payton is the one who takes the biggest shot. Wade, you know, they, it's kind of it's a little similar to the Posey shot where, you know, Wade doesn't get an assist or anything on it. But, you know, he obviously starts the offense, gets to the free throw line, draws a double team, kicks it out. It winds up with uh, Gary Payton against like a bent defense and he hits a, a tough long two uh, that gives the heat the lead for good at 97-95. The only two points Gary Payton scored in the entire game. Yeah, I I totally forgot this shot was in this game. Like, I remember Gary Payne hit a big shot. I think it was, like, the only big shot he hit. The heat. <laughs> but, but I just I remember he hit a big shot. I didn't know it was in this one. Um, so when that when I was watching the game and I saw that, I just was I was surprised. Like, I, I, knew, it was gonna, I knew it was in this series, but I, I didn't know it was in this one. I just remember this game for Dwayne. Um, yeah. But, again, as we said last time we rewatched the game, like, when you rewatch these games – you notice and remember so many things. Right, you kind of write your own narrative of the game yeah. in your head. Like, you forget that Dwayne doesn't, you know, he, he carries them back, but he doesn't put them over the top. It's it's the role players that put them over the top, even though the role yeah. players were, you know, not great in this game, although Haslam has a really good fourth quarter, um, you know, just doing Haslam things. And, um, like I said, James Posey, you know, hit, hits some big shots and makes some hustle plays. Um, you know, for the most part, it's... You, you remember Wade, but even though the role players kind of are afterthoughts in this game, that they make the plays uh, in the fourth round. We should say you were at this game, and you don't even remember that Gary Payton shot? Yes. I was uh, I was with my dad at this game. We had we had a season ticket for, like, two of the shot years, and this was one of them. In the 300 level, I'll never forget, section 324, row 17. Um, were you, like, a senior in high school or something? I was... I was a junior in high school. Junior high school. I was going to enter my senior year. So I was a junior in high school. Um, yeah, it was a fun time to be at Heat Games, that's for sure. But, yeah, I was at this game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember the last time we, we talked about the – I guess the last game we watched, I was at home watching the game on TV. But this one I was at, I went to the entire – I was there for the entire play up front. Um, yeah, it was a fun time. Do you, have a, do you have a particular memory from this game? Like, uh, is there – Anything that stands out from the game that you remember, like the crowd reacting to, or, or just seeing in person? Uh, I, I, it's funny. It's ironic because I just said I forgot about the, the Gary Payton shot, but I remember the Gary Payton shot. Like I just remember it happening. I don't. I don't oh, remember you just didn't remember that it was this game? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember it was in this game, but I just remember that Gary Payton shot going in. I, I think when he shot it, I was like, "No." He <laughs> made <laughs> anyway, one of those, you know. So. Um, but yeah, obviously all the Dwayne Wade stuff too. I mean, all the Dwayne Wade heroics, like you, you just don't forget that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just remember the arena that night it was a long time ago, but I just like in my head, I remember the arena, like when the heat were down 13, like it was one of those, you know, obviously the arena was quiet. Yeah. You kind of figured, okay, this is good. They're going to go on three Oh, you know, they're going to get swept and out of nowhere, it just, it just, everything just changed. Yeah. I was in uh, eighth grade, I guess. I don't remember watching this game at all. Like, I remember, I know, like, I obviously knew what happened in this game. I'm sure I watched it. I just don't have any particular memories of it. So I, I have no interesting story to tell there. Um, yeah, I mean, even me, I was at the game, and I, like, I barely remember. I, it's just, it's crazy. You say 2006, it doesn't seem like that long ago. It was a long time ago. It, God, it was a really long time ago. It was so long ago that LeBron and Dwayne Wade were emailing each other. They were sending emails. Do you think LeBron even has an email anymore? He probably does. He never checks. He has like well, yeah, I'm sure he has one like, accounted for, but I don't think uh, like he has a LeBron at LeBronJames.com anymore. Or I don't think he's using it. It's not on his phone. He's, he's not getting emails pushed to his, his phone. You don't think he has a Hotmail account? Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, KingJames2323 at AOL.com. Right. Like if you want to no, it was taken. Stuff. King James. It's like you know, there's like some uh, pastor somewhere is King James at uh, <laughs> at AOL.com. So uh, in and then as we said, Wade does not score a lot in the last minute. He scores one point on a free throw at the end, but um, two. Like we said, this is the, the consummate Dwayne Wade game because 
you know, what made great was what made Wade great was he was the scorer like, you know, a lot of shooting guards from this era were. You know, there were I guess there were a lot of great shooting guards in this era who could who could score in bunches. Um, you know, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady. What what elevates uh Wade to that elite status is the hustle plays, you know, the the defense, obviously, but you know, the rebounding, uh, the passing, the steals, and in the last Nine seconds of this game. I guess even less than that. What is it? In the last um, 3.4 seconds of this game. So UD fouls Dirk. Dirk actually, you know, they get a pretty good look off of inbound. Um, UD has to foul him to prevent a layup. So Dirk goes to the free throw line, singing David Hasselhoff, presumably, which I forgot was this, uh, this playoff run was when that story came out that Dirk, uh, before, you, before you go on, that, that was a big deal. Like now that you now that you talk about that, like I remember yeah, they show Hasselhoff photos in the crowd at one point. Yeah, there were people. I think the Dan Levertard show was like already a thing by then. Like it had just started, and they had they were passing out. I just remember them passing out um, David Hasselhoff photos outside the arena for people to hold them up. And I think the arena at one point said we're not going to allow this, and they like started <laughs> taking them away. But some people snuck them in. But it was a. I, I just remember that being a big storyline. I remember it being a thing. I didn't. I forgot that it was this playoff run that we found out that story. Um, yeah. And I didn't realize the Heat fans like made like a use it to like make fun of him because I always thought it was kind of charming. Yeah, they. they I just remember they, they had they had pictures and signs obviously, and then they would chant. They would chant Hasselhoff. Hassel, like they would chant yeah. Hasselhoff every time it was at the line. So, uh-huh. yeah, so Dirk. So Dirk goes to the free throw line with three point four seconds left. Singing Hasselhoff, uh, one of the best free throw shooters in the league, makes the first, misses the second, and Jerry Stackhouse gets really good position. I, I can't remember who he's boxing out on the inside, uh, but he's going to get the offensive rebound. He he kind of loops around, um, the the rebound bounces off to the right, so he's able to. He's on the left side, rebound bounces off to the right, so Stackhouse is able to get that position by coming in like kind of from behind. But Wade, who's also you know. I guess technically his assignment is box out Dirk. Totally ignores that. Uh, leaps in, grabs the offense or the defensive rebound to prevent the potential putback, the potential game-winning putback by Stackhouse. He gets fouled, makes one, misses the second. So the Mavs take a timeout with one second left. They draw up an inbound alley-oop play, and Wade breaks it up at the rim. So two huge hustle plays by Wade to seal this game after – like we said, playing on a bad knee, he scored 42 points, uh, but two hustle plays kind of defined the game for him. Yeah, that, that last play, the tip away at the the last second alley-oop attempt by the Mavs to to tie the game, that that's that's one that you still see in the highlight reel yeah. when, when they kind of you know make the highlights of Dwayne Wade's career. I think it was even in the video uh, when, when they retired his number in February. Um, that was, you know, that's one of those plays you remember. It was, you know, like you said, it wasn't like he obviously scored over 40 points in this game, um, but that defensive play kind of goes down. It's kind of the signal. Like, is there another highlight they show from this game of Wade? Like, like um, a scoring play? Like, there's not, like, one, like, standout. There was, there was a driving layup, like, double clutch. I don't think he got fouled. I don't know if you remember, but he, like, hung up in the mm-hmm. air baseline and made a layup there that's one that sometimes shows up um in, in his highlights but yeah I, I would say the number one play probably you know funny enough is on defense and it was that last play yeah. where he tips the ball and seals the win and the rebound is huge like it's an unsung yeah. one of the biggest rebounds in heat history oh, yeah. certainly yeah it's overlooked people don't talk about it it's not like the Bosch rebound and the Ray Allen shot like everyone talks about that one but this one yeah, I don't think I didn't remember it. Yeah. but it was. I mean, if he doesn't get that game. rebound, Stackhouse is getting the rebound. Yeah, I don't know if he's well, making yeah. the shot, but he's getting the rebound. Yeah, Stackhouse had position, and Dwayne just jumps over him and gets the ball. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was that was huge. Yeah. And um it's forgotten, but it was definitely important. All right, anything else before we uh, finish up? We're, we've gone long as I expected, um, but just yeah. any other uh, big takeaways? No, I, that, I think we cover a lot of it. I mean, this game. It, there wasn't a, as much to it as the 2013 game we, we recapped a few weeks ago. Um, you know, it was it was pretty simple. Like Dwayne, Dwayne was the guy. He led the way, um, and it was just it was a simpler time in basketball. I feel like you watched yeah, the was. game, and it was just easier to break down. 
Um, well, it's, it's interesting that, like, the defense, you know, the Heat hold the Mavs to, like, I think, nine points in the last six minutes, pretty much. Um, doesn't, like, feel like, like, it doesn't feel like they're doing anything different on defense to, like, ramp it up there. Like, it was just that era was, like, it felt like you either were making shots or you were missing shots to an extent. Yeah, it was... It like, was obviously, the, Haslam makes a big steal, and Wade, as we said, breaks up the play. So, you know, they're, they're making key plays, but, um, you know, the Mavs are... are kind of getting a lot of the same looks as they're getting early in the game. They're just, just missing that. Like, it was such a di- – it's so weird to watch uh, yeah, old – Well, I'm really like the 2000 – like it's it's almost less weird to watch like 90s games and, and 80s games because it is so different. Whereas this, there's still kind of like – it's starting to tilt a little – like guys are shooting threes. Um, you know, you still want to kind of have your one three-point shooter on the court a lot. Um, you know, you're, they're using a little bit smaller lineups, um, but – it's it's still just like it's like a it's like uncanny valley almost like where you look at it and you're like oh, this kind of looks like what we're doing now but not really at all. Yeah, it was more of a traditional style, like quote unquote traditional style yeah. of basketball for sure. Like just the positions, the way you played, up just picking rolls and on the top of like we said on top of the mm-hmm. key. Like it was just iso- it was so much isolation ball. It was just a different brand of basketball. Not yeah. not right. It doesn't make it right or wrong, but it just it was just different. It's a different game. Um, I will say Wade was not scoring as much just in straight isolation as I expected when I was watching. It was pretty much every play was starting with a pick from Shaq or uh, yeah. or UD. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And also off cuts, he was really he was a really good cutter. Yeah, I missed that's that's one thing I really missed from this area is like the shooting guard who kind of plays the baseline, like Rome's, like yeah. like basically play the flex. Like that's fun to watch the the shooting yeah. guard who like you know is is basically not taking corner threes but taking uh, baseline jumpers and. You know, especially, you know, that's guys who worked really well with Shaq were guys that could do that because of the way he was drawing double teams. Yeah, no, he was he was very good at cutting. Um, and, yeah, he did that a few times in this game, yeah. and he got easy baskets out of it. All right. Um, I guess we can wrap up there then. Um, thanks, as always, for listening, guys. Um, as for what we are working on, I guess we should, you know, we're going to try to do, I think, some more of these, basically. Um I think we're probably looking at maybe trying to alternate some guests on here, do some games like this. Maybe we'll throw in a mailbag. Um, maybe there will be news one day. Um, I don't know. Anything? Anything? Any thoughts? No, I think you're 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 spot on. Like we're gonna try to switch it up. Um, obviously, there's not there's no games going on, but I think there's still a lot of content we kind of create through this and keep you guys occupied over this uh, break. Um, we have a few, a few, I think, interesting guests lined up yeah. um, that will make for some good episodes, and we'll mix in, like you said, some of these re- these rewatch, uh, rewatching classic heat games, and kind of just kind of reliving them. I think yeah. that's fun too. So yeah, we'll, we're gonna mix it up. We're, we're gonna have a podcast every week, even though there aren't any games. Yeah. Um, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. You can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, yeah, we'll come back next week. I think the plan is to have a guest on, um, and then in a couple of weeks, I don't know if we figured out our, our next game we're going to do, but obviously there is a uh, wealth of options to choose from. Um, if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to send them our way. Um, other than that, uh, until next week, I'll, I'll talk to you, Anthony. See you, dude. See you.